0: Right, welcome to Talk is Jericho It is the pot of thunder and rock and roll And that version of the Talk is Jericho theme song Was recorded by Kid Cadet uh, She approached me on Twitter And asked uh, if she could do a version Of the song I said do it, I liked it She's a great singer So a little change it up a bit man and Sometimes you're going to hear my theme song And sometimes you're going to hear her theme song But both times when you hear either one You're going to know that quality is coming up Pure quality And that's what you're going to get today on Friday because I got the new WWE Universal Champion, and my best friend Kevin Owens returns to talk as Jericho today talk about a huge huge guest a huge coup to get Kevin Owens on the show he is the longest reigning uh, universal champion in WWE history and my best friend so we're going to talk all about his crazy uh, 15 months what a 15 month span it's been for him over the last year and three months uh, we we'll are here. what his life has been like since he signed uh, to NXT and he got bumped up to the main roster he's got Dusty Rhodes stories Triple H stories and he and sammy zane go way back wait to hear he has to say about sammy and we'll talk about the first match that he and i worked together in san diego lots of great stuff coming with the new universal champion kevin owens is here my best friend it's going to be a laugh riot i'll tell you
1: talk is jericho
0: okay so uh sitting here with uh with kevin owens uh, your best ex- friend anything exciting happened over the last week or so I got a new dog
1: <laughs> oh, yeah a puppy yeah <laughs> French Bulldog oh and I won the universal oh, yeah, title the title too so, yeah. so tell me more about the dog no.
0: so uh <laughs> just pretty kidding. cute I'm just kidding new universal champion yeah. Kevin Owens which is uh, pretty cool to be able to say that Yeah uh, To my best friend Yeah <laughs> Last time we spoke was at the Performance Center And you hadn't even
1: come on No, out I was right before WB the pay-per-view at Cena.
0: Yeah, right yeah. You were just about to make your debut Yeah, like and a couple of days before, yeah Was maybe a year ago
1: It was May, uh, so the pay per view is like May 31st, so it had to be like May 28 or something, so So 15 months basically. In
0: the past 15 months, look at what's happened to you. Pretty crazy, you know? Yeah. Like, how, how, like, it's a cliche question, but how do you feel uh, being the champion?
1: Well, so it's essentially the WWE Championship, right? Mm -hmm. It's called something else, but over the years, like when you won the Undisputed title and. To me, it all still goes back to the title that I saw Shawn Michaels win at WrestleMania 12, which is the first title match that I really like. So it wasn't the first title switch that I remember watching as a fan, right? I saw Bret Hart beat Diesel at Survivor Series. Are you saying you saw it like you were there? No, I, okay, mean, I watched, watched. so I started okay. watching wrestling because I saw my dad rented a tape of WrestleMania 11. So I started watching then, like a couple months later it was a couple months after Wrestlemania had taken place obviously because it was out on VHS whatever Coliseum so, video yeah so I saw Shawn Michaels and Diesel for Wrestlemania 11 that's the match that made me want to be a wrestler okay but then my dad started like buying the pay-per-views for me and everything so I started watching like every like religiously in the summer of 95 I guess so I saw Bret Hart the Survivor Series beat Diesel for the title. I remember Bret Hart going through a table. And it blew my mind. Like one of the first times we'd ever. seen I that. I had never seen it. Yeah. I, you know, I was just a, I was 11 years old. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, that is the craziest thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. And then he small packaged him and still beat him. Like this is unbelievable. But the first title switch that I really. Um, Went crazy for Sean beating Bret for the title at WrestleMania 12. That's the Iron Man match, right? Yeah. yeah. And, that, and then, you know, WrestleMania 14, I saw Austin beat Sean for the title. Like, those are the things that, to me, it's, it, it's still that title. Like, or even you winning the Undisputed title beating – because to me, it wasn't lost, the fact that you beat Rock and Austin in the same night. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember telling my dad, we were in the living room, like, he beat Austin and Rock on the same night. And my dad's like, <laughs> yeah, so? No, but it's Austin and Rock is like. But my dad got it, you know. But I'm like, I was like, oh my God, this is huge, you know. So through all the different names and the different variations of the title, it's still the WWE champ. Like that's when I was a kid, when I was 11, and I saw Shawn Michaels, or I was 12 at the time. No, I was still 11 when I saw Shawn Michaels win that title WrestleMania 12. I was like, oh man, I want to be the Mm -hmm. WWE champion. Mm -hmm. And now here we are, you know, it's. You know, and also
0: too, like when you think about, and, and I think it wasn't a knock against you, but if any naysayers are going to say something, like Kevin Owens does not have the prototypical look. Yeah, and for, it didn't stop WB. there.
1: Like, so I had people say that all the time. Your, your, the shape you're in, or the gear. Get a singlet, and I wrestled in the singlet for a while. Yeah, yeah. I just, it just wasn't me, right? Or my attitude too. Like people would say I had a bad attitude. The thing is, the people that would say I had a bad attitude was probably. It was a matter of uh, not seeing eye to eye. Mm-hmm. So now, like, I know – I'll, I'll say his name. I really don't care. Like, I know Jim Cornette says that the reason I'm successful now is because I changed my attitude and I must be listening to what people tell me now. Mm-hmm. And I, I used to not listen to him. But that's really – the, the thing is I used to not listen to him or whatever or question his methods because I didn't agree with him mm-hmm. and I didn't share his vision i really didn't change who i am if like anybody who uh well i mean even you like you'll if if, when we're working on something and i don't see it I'll say, like, ah, I don't know about that. Yeah, you know, you I don't ahead, just I don't, do yeah. anything people ask me blindly, which I think, I guess what Jim would have liked me to do back
0: then. Well, I, I think there's a, a fine line, too, when you're first starting, because I got that, too, when I first came here. None of the agents wanted to work with me. Uh, they said I was, I was, uh, you know, a pain in the ass to work with because I had ideas and yeah. thoughts about what I needed. The only guy that liked working with me was Pat. Yeah. He enjoyed the yeah. back and forth, you know, throwing ideas back and forth. But a lot of guys just cut me off right away. And you probably had that, too. I know Punk had it, as well.
1: For what it's worth, I really haven't Mm -hmm. uh honestly from the moment i got here people like producers even the writers everybody i really feel like i had a really good relationship with everyone and uh i can remember one specific time where i really didn't like the idea they had for me that night and i spoke up about it i ultimately did it the way they wanted it and it was fine it ended up being fine you know what i mean like i was told it's really not a big deal i'm like really i think it is big it's not a big deal Mm -hmm. And they were right. It wasn't a big deal. But, like, I still voiced my concerns and my opinion. Uh, you know what I mean? But I really haven't had any encounters where I was like, uh, you know, where my bad attitude would sure, sure, take sure. over. Well, you know?
0: maybe in the past with Cornette is what I was saying. Maybe that's why you thought that, because you had an opinion of what you wanted to do. And sometimes guys like the vets, quote-unquote, or the bookers don't like that. But that's how you yeah. stand ahead. That's how you, you – you, you're a unique performer because so of that.
1: I remember – uh, actually, it was Kevin Kelly. I'll say... I, I, I might put some blame on Kevin Kelly here, but I remember when this I... Ring of Honor days, right? Yes, now? Kevin Kelly came into Ring of Honor to do commentary and, you know, kind of work behind the scenes as well. And I remember him telling me that uh, he used to work with Rock and Austin. Mm-hmm. And he would see the same thing, like... Because he would see me, like, if we had a pre-tape and I didn't like the way it was, we'd make it... I, I'd ask to redo it. And it would annoy some people, like the production guys or whatever, or even, uh, you know... The people, whoever wrote the the, the pre tape whatever and I, and Kevin said look it's like this might, that might be viewed as a uh, 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 you it might be viewed as you being kind of hard to work with to some people but I'm not obviously not putting you in their league but I'm saying The Rock and Austin used to do the exact same oh, thing if they don't like it absolutely yeah so to me that was a huge compliment in a way because I was like okay so you know because listening blindly to what people are telling you if it's not you just it won't yeah. work.
0: It Nobody work, knows even, your character exactly, like
1: you. Exactly, because somebody can have a very precise vision of what they want, but if you can't alter it just a little bit in the sm- smallest way so that it's yours as well, then it's really hard to deliver it the way, mm-hmm. in a way that will make people want to watch. Mm-hmm. So, him telling me that probably kind of prompted me to being really not set in my ways, but to really question when you know Jim would come up with something that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know that was the first example of like where I felt like. So you know what? Being me is important. You know, when Kevin Kelly kind of affirmed like, well, the top guys in the business would do that. You know what I mean? So right. why not me? Right, right, right. Because that's why I want to be. So, and then then now that you're the
0: champion, I mean, obviously, like, you have the end of the night. We'll talk about the whole night, but people chanting, you deserve it and all that (laughs) sort of stuff. But there's also a lot of naysayers as well, Mm -hmm. as there always is when a new guy gets crowned. Every single time someone wins the title the first time, there's always a wave of people going, that's the wrong guy.
1: Did you hear some of that this
0: week as well? Oh, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: So, like, people would immediately... I knew what happened. To immediately, people went to Jim Cornette, mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, you were wrong," because like Jim had been on record saying I was the kind of guy who never wrestled in front of more than two hundred people, stuff like that. Jim, I don't think from what I know, I don't think Jim said anything about me winning the title in the negative way. He just said, "Look, I don't care about it. I don't. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I won't watch it. Whatever." But he did it because he changed his attitude, which is not true. Mm-hmm. But whatever. The one person that I kept hearing about was Vince Russo. Right. Because Vince Russo has <laughs> been very vocal about how he doesn't think that I'm uh, a star, whatever. Because of your, because of your size? or uh, Just the way I look or the way I carry myself or whatever it is. And I'm not the only one. Like he said stuff about Finn Balor and Sami Zayn as well. Hmm. The thing is uh, people always want me to respond to him, and I don't because the thing is I truly believe. I, kinda, I just know it. I know, Vince Russo doesn't believe what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He knows I'm good. He knows Sammy's good. He knows Finn's good. He knows that me being champion is a good move. Like, he's just saying that to piss people off because that's what gets him, not ratings, but that's what gets him attention, you know? And it's true because when he says it, I know he did because I get a million tweets about it. Mm-hmm. So I really believe that he's not I, – I don't think he believes a word he says. I think he's just doing it rile people. Up. Either that or he's really upset that I blocked him on Twitter years ago. <laughs> like he made one comment about the Young Bucks, I think, and uh-huh. I was like, ah, come on, and I blocked him. And then I remember somebody showing me like last year when he started talking crap about me hey, Vince Russo said you blocked him on Twitter. I'm like, oh, so now he knows. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. so, and I if that's know. the ultimate slap in the face. <laughs> and, in this a lot then. of ways it is, I guess, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it, it, that's the interesting thing because you talk
0: about what is a prototypical look because, to me, one of the reasons why you stand out, a, because you're a great worker, a great person, but you, you are different from a lot of guys the same way that Mick Foley was when he first came in yeah. or you know, a guy like Bam Bam Bigelow or guys sure. like that. And, and that you're not a cookie-cutter guy. So, to me, I don't really understand why that's not to your benefit looking the way that you do.
1: Yeah, so I, I, I uh, you know, I, I, I always felt like it was. Mm-hmm. I always felt like it, it set me apart. You know, in people's minds, it could be negatively or positively. But look, I've said this before. Uh, to me, since I came to WWE, people kind of ask me like, "What's the craziest part? Like, what's the you know, like, what's the one thing that stands out like since you came to WWE?" And I've had like great moments. You know, winning the title, being obviously at the top of the list, but. Before that, honestly, the one thing that sticks out in my mind the most is when I would work with Cena, and I'm talking not just not pay-per-views, not TV, because they're obviously too, but even at a live event in, man, I'm trying to find a town that we did that was like, in like a a tiny town in Illinois, I forget, Danville, Illinois, I believe. (laughs) I'm in the middle of the ring. His music hits, the noise no matter how big the building is, no matter how big the crowd is, no matter if it's, they're tired because it's been a long night, the noise, because it's booze and it's cheers and it just hits the middle of the ring. It's the craziest sound. <laughs> and to me, and I'm like, that's, I, that's what I want one day. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be universally loved or hated. Right. I want to have people, I want to have people going at it with each other. Yeah. Because that's what John has. Now that's what Roman has because I had the exact same experience. I was in the ring uh i wrestled roman a couple months ago in atlantic city i think or no uh wildwood in new jersey and his his first match back from suspension so people were like even more his music hit same thing like just (laughs) you get pelted by noise and it's the coolest thing i find so you know my look it, it really had people on polar opposite sides like oh he he looks terrible or oh no it sets him apart but that's to me I like it. Mm-hmm. I like that some people hate it. I like that some people love it because I want that you confrontation want like opinion. Yeah. yeah. I don't want anybody going, eh, I don't yes. care. Yes. You know what I mean?
0: It's the same with a, with a rock and roll band or something. Yeah. You want people, some people to totally hate it because mm-hmm. that way at least they have an opinion either way. Because
1: if if also the people who really hate it bring out the people who love it. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? That's that's uh, It's kind of funny, but So let's talk
0: about your day last week. How, how did it kind of go? Because it's funny. I, I was going to tell you this story. You showed up and you're wearing a suit. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple weeks before that, I had gone to Vince about a suggestion for you and I. Yeah. Uh, And and, uh, I was like, I got this idea for me and and Owens. He's like, well, you guys might be doing something quicker than you think. I'll talk to you about it tomorrow. And I was like, wow, Uh he's talking to me about it tomorrow? For some reason, the way he said it, it was like, maybe he's going to make me the champion again. So I showed up at work with a suit on. Just thinking, well, today's the day. And then, of course, it was not that I was going to be the champion. It was that Finn was now going to be working with Seth, and you and I were going to team up against oh, Enzo man. and Cass. So I wore a suit for that.
1: Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I bought a suit when I first got called up because, you know, I, I was told to buy a suit. So I showed up in the suit. And it, I, I wore the suit for a couple months, the one suit, the only suit I had uh the thing about suits is i i don't know how people wear them i sweat and yeah, i'm like yeah. there's no tomorrow <laughs> so i and then they made the rule that oh you can actually wear a tap out now this is the greatest news ever so tap out stuff all the time I have tap out shorts and shirt right now um but then last monday i was like you know what i feel like maybe wearing a suit would be the right move mm-hmm. so i did but i didn't even do it right like it was the same suit i had had for uh, you know a year and i didn't even have a dress shirt on cuz i don't have i realized when i was oh i don't have a dress shirt i threw it away so i wore like a v neck t-shirt it looked fine it you know it looked way, a though. lot better than what yeah. you know my you practice. were wearing a
0: suit jacket with dress yeah, pants everyone, it was like
1: holy smokes everyone was like hey what's going on and like even rome was like oh you know the finish i'm like no <laughs> i don't i just figured maybe today was a good day leave me alone <laughs> so i wore a suit all day and uh it was terrible, but uh, <laughs> ultimately, uh, you know, things. I was told things were going my way, and I'd be buying a lot more suits. So, it was <laughs> when did crazy. you find out? This is not something you knew. Like, no, no, I don't know. Five PM, maybe. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: right? yeah. I think people sometimes don't realize that, like, you don't really know the plan all the way through. You're yeah. Just well, like,
1: some people think that I didn't know, right up until the moment it happened. Did you hear about this? No. Yes. For some reason, I was so convincing in my performance <laughs> that people thought. I didn't know, and when Triple H rolled me in the ring, he said, just go with it. That was the conversation going, and that's how I found out. <laughs> like they're working yeah. everybody. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's,
0: that's, that's always the, the rumor of it. But, I mean, another thing, too, about it is, like, it was a big surprise, and also with Triple H coming back. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because there are people like, oh, sure, now
1: it's all about Triple H again. You're a heel. That's how heels win titles. Here's the thing about that. Um, I, I couldn't have been better. But not just for storylines purposes now, where, where do we go from here, why did Triple H do it, what's going to happen with Seth and Triple H, this and that. It obviously opens a lot of doors for interesting stuff TV-wise. But for me personally, uh, you know, people assume that, oh, you know, when you win the world title, you probably want it to be like this incredible battle where you, you claw and you, you, you blood, sweat, and tears, and you just have this heroic moment. <laughs> yeah. Besides the fact that I'm a heel. Triple H got me here. He made the call to hire me. He made the call to take a chance on me mm-hmm. because there's a good, like he hired somebody who's not cookie cutter WWE right. superstar. And there's, there would have been a chance where somebody would have been like, oh, you hired him? Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. And when, even when I was hired, I was told by Canyon Seaman who called me to announce, like, okay, we're going to sign you. But I was specifically told to tell you don't get your hopes up for Raw you know, because you're not the typical WWE superstar. You're going to have a chance in NXT just like everyone else so I took I said oh I'm up for the challenge I, I figured you, that's what you'd say that's how my career started here mm-hmm. and then uh, Triple H obviously always believed in me that's why he signed me and he saw something in me and Terry Taylor even straight up told me once at the Foreman center he's like Triple H sees something in you I don't see it, <laughs> classic Terry. But it's right? my job to bring it out, and then you know later on, like I have a great relationship with Terry. He's but great. Part of why I love it is because he's so honest. Yes, very. Other people, detriment. Re- other people really dislike that about Terry. Yeah. I love it. So uh, anyway, and then you know, last Monday night, Triple H literally handed me the title. Uh, yeah. But that was a moment, like man i don't i don't care how that was incredible to me and i got to say thank you in the ring like Mm -hmm. he gave me the time i said thank you but it wasn't thank you for giving me the titles thank you for everything yeah thanks for believing in me yeah Mm because without him no matter how like you know i had steve austin saying good things about me i even had the rock saying good things about me before i got signed with wwe but without triple h taking that chance who knows where I'd be now? To bridge the gap between yeah. you and Vince, probably, to get, hey, Vince, mm-hmm. this guy's got something, you know? Yeah.
0: And it's, it's, you know, I've been a champion six times and always as a heel. I've never won as a yeah. baby face. And every single one of them going through my head, there was always was some kind of shitty finish. I remember the last time I won it, Shawn Michaels came from under the ring and super kicked Undertaker. It was mm-hmm. almost the same finish. I remember finish that. Uh, just, chamber. Yeah. Scared to cover, like yeah. he's going to attack me next. Yeah. And then you kind of crying as you have it. I mean, that's the way a heel yeah. should win a title. Here's
1: the thing. No matter how I would have won it, somebody would have had to complain sure, about Sure, something. sure, sure, yeah. And yeah. I understand. It's it's the culture. It's also, you know, there's so many wrestling podcasts or, uh, you know, wrestling reviews. And you've got to have something to talk about. So you got to be unhappy about something or really happy about something. Yeah. I even had close friends of mine, um, not like wrestlers, like close friends not close, I mean close. Well, they were friends, you know. They're, but they're fans yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that I've known from the uh, independent days. Okay. And I followed them on Twitter. And I remember a couple hours later, I just kind of scrolled through my feed and I saw one specific comment, comment saying, oh, Kevin Owens is WWE Universal Champion. That's incredible. A couple more tweets later, same guy saying, I can't believe it's just all about Triple H though. And I was <laughs> like, man, you really missed the point yeah, there, buddy. Yeah, yeah. You know, And he's my friend. Right. But I, there's no point in like trying to explain But like, anyway, like I said... There's always something to complain about. Mm-hmm. I could have won it clean as a whistle, and somebody, the same person who complained about the way it went down, would have said, the well, he's a heel, how come he just, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Did you uh, talk to Vince at all afterwards? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, when I came back from Gorilla to Gorilla, there was quite a few people there, but uh, I eventually made my way to Vince, and uh, I basically told him he wouldn't regret this, and I'd make him proud, and he said... I'm sure you will. Mm-hmm. that's as good as I you yeah, know. That's, yeah. that's all yeah. I need. That's it. Because you're still yeah.
0: kind of cultivating that relationship with him right now.
1: Yeah, I feel like uh I think we have a good I feel like we have a good one mm-hmm. though, you know. Uh I haven't talked to him as much uh you know, I I mean I guess I've talked to him uh more than most guys do, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that's only because I, I make a point of going in there when I have a question instead of yes. letting my producer do it because people like you or John or Randy have all told me, like, why what are you sending somebody else for? You yeah. know? And Build, that's build a sense. relationship. Does. Yeah.
0: Steve Austin told me that when I first came in. Yeah, here. Steve, same you thing. You got to build your – I know he's intimidating, mm-hmm. which he is, but you got to break down that barrier and get in there with mm-hmm. him.
1: And he's, that's a great point. And he really – the thing about it is he's intimidating because he's Vince. Mm-hmm. But once you get in there, he's not intimidating. Yeah. Like he's not trying to intimidate anybody. Yeah. What's intimidating about him is everything he's done and everything – you know, who he is as a person and yes. what he
0: represents. The concept of Vince is intimidating. Exactly. Yeah. But
1: once you get in there, you're just talking to a guy you yeah. know, who's yeah, yeah. cracking jokes about – him and Linda being married for 50 years and oh god how did she put up with me for that long you know and <laughs> it's right, it's right. I remember uh, I told this recently on the Sam Roberts uh, radio show thing but first time I had an actual conversation with Vince was right before I, uh, I came out on Raw to confront Cena and uh, so I went into Vince's office to talk to him and he didn't want the other wrestlers to know what I was doing there that night as far as they were concerned I was just oh I'm an NXT guy coming for TV whatever I'm like okay, but um, you want me in my gear, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, but when I put my gear on and I walk in the locker room and stuff and in the hallway, the other wrestlers will see me and ask me why I have my gear on. So, what should I tell them? He goes to the other wrestlers. I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, why don't you just tell them to go f themselves? And like <laughs> my first day, like I walk, I'll just walk around telling, him, hey, hey, Kevin, what are you doing? I'll go, f-, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you just the- like. it really kicked things off and it really (laughs) like i don't know i just it really popped man i don't know it was good
0: the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so, set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So, the, let's talk about your year with some of the highlights that you've had, because you came in right on top with, with John Cena. Yeah. What, a, what a way to debut. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. There's really, like, uh, working with John was a goal I had set for myself as a future, mm-hmm. like, one day I got to get there. And then I came in that way. Yeah, so it was yeah. pretty wild. And it was also really rewarding because my son, I, I, this has been well documented, my son's such a big John Cena fan. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> I always, you know, he would ask me, when are you going to wrestle John Cena? I'm like, eh, I don't know, maybe one day. And then uh, we got to do it. His reaction was all over, uh, you know, Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. And it went viral because my wife recorded because she knew what I was doing, but he didn't know. He just knew I was going to be on Raw. Uh, but also the coolest part was uh, I got – like uh, I went to the performance center a few weeks before the match and John was there and I knew he was going to be there John told me bring Owen so Owen like walked in and had no idea his first time at the performance center he's like oh uh, and then he saw John, I'm like who's that and he goes that's John Cena you know what I mean and John John gave him a letter that he hand wrote Like, mm. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that I don't know if John would be a very big fan of me telling this but he hand wrote a, a letter to my son like two full pages Wow! Uh, explaining to him like This, because I was telling John once when we were preparing a promo, I was saying, like, you know, I could, if you want to make it a little personal, I could talk about this one time WWE had a show at the Bell Center, and I took my son. And, uh, you know, I was second row, and everybody there knew that, oh, that's Kevin Steen. He's a professional wrestler, but look at him in the second row at the WWE show with his son, you know. Uh, I bet he wishes he was in the ring, you know. But I, I put that aside because I just wanted my son to be able to my shake rights. John Cena's hand. And when your match ended, I rushed to guardrail with my son just like any other fan would. And instead of coming around the, the ring and shaking hands, you just left. You went straight to the back, and my son was crushed. Uh. And John was like, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry." I'm like, "Oh no, 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 it's fine." He was fine. A minute later, yeah. It's like, "Yeah, but I feel bad." I'm like, "No, please don't." That's not what I'm. T- I'm just saying. Like, do you want to talk about this? Like, it's like maybe we keep this for later. But I feel terrible. Please tell Owen I'm sorry. I'm like, no, no, it's all good. And then the letter was John basically apologizing for that, and uh, he. he it was, That's pretty oh, cool. Yeah, man. it was crazy. Yeah. But I yeah, that so. was that. Honestly. As a father, my crowning moment now is mm-hmm. that moment when I got to see my son interact with John for the first time and just give to give. I don't know, just see how happy Owen was. Mm-hmm. It was oh. and and he, it's not even like it's John Cena. John <laughs> Cena's the one who's to thank for that, you know? But I feel like a great dad. You handed him the letter. <laughs> <laughs> what did Owen say when you won the title? oh so uh he was speechless mm. and that's what he said uh my wife recorded his reaction again because everybody was asking what's owen doing what's owen saying on instagram and stuff like that because a lot of wrestling fans follow my wife mm. and she asked him like what do you think He's like oh my and he just goes i'm speechless right now you know it was so <laughs> cute and funny uh and you know when i came home with the title he was really really happy he took a couple pictures with yeah, him yeah. and stuff and yeah it's funny
0: yeah it's it's cool you get to actually i think a lot of fans might not even know this when you're the champion you get to keep the title yeah yeah it's your you know, responsibility they
1: actually didn't want me to keep the title for that week because they wanted to put the plates oh, on oh right but I was like I gotta take it and yeah I, like, I can't go home without the title <laughs> and then I remembered oh wait the next day I was going the day after raw I was going to Toronto for like a a vendors fair for Toys R Us stores or something. Mm-hmm. I was representing WWE. They're like, "Well, I can't go without the title." And they're like, "Oh yeah, okay." It was just an excuse to take it home. I I'm sure I could have showed up without the title. Nobody would have said nothing. How come you weren't on Good Morning America? Every time they send someone to Good Morning America, I think because I, I, my suits weren't fitted yet. So <laughs> the other one was too wrinkled up from the yeah. other day.
0: <laughs> so I mean, it's it's really uh, it's been a lot of fun for me to to work with you. And kind of your whole group of guys, Sammy and Neville, and um, you know Ambrose and all those guys. I mean, uh, it, it, how do you feel like with this locker room now?
1: They're basically all your your best friends. It's really crazy, you know. A couple of years ago, so none of us ever like we knew we all had the same goal, right? It would be in a Ring of Honor locker room or you know a PWG locker room or whatever, and it'd be me, Sammy, Neville, Daniel Bryan, you know, or Seth Rollins, or even uh he might not be happy to say that but jimmy jacobs mm-hmm. you know who now works here behind the scenes great which, writer that works with
0: us he, he's, he's amazing he's
1: never said publicly that he works here but oh whatever. really
0: doesn't matter well i think i've
1: said it before okay so I so, blew it um now we're all together here and you know obviously brian isn't wrestling anymore and that's a shame but he's still part of you know what i mean yeah, he's still there he's every, like, the like now ron Smackdown to split rosters but still like it's crazy. Like, I was just sitting and catering with Sammy and Jimmy and Seth, and you came to sit with us, and we're just, it's, it's what we used to do at Ring of Honor, except there was no catering. So we'd buy our own food and just <laughs> kind of sit at the same table. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, it's pretty wild to see that. Like, not only did we make it, but we're all pretty successful here. Yeah. That's Quickly, the coolest too. the part, yeah. Quickly. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Finn, Cass, all those guys, they weren't, you know, I, I didn't meet Finn until I came to WWE. Or to NXT, we both got there. I didn't meet Cass until, even though he did a couple of uh, independent, mm-hmm. you know, a couple years on the independents, I didn't meet Cass until then too, but he's, they're very much part of the crew as well in terms of like guys who just grinded to get here and uh, always dreamed to be here and mm-hmm. now we all are and it's it's pretty incredible feeling. How did you feel when, when Finn got hurt? It was really, uh, it was heart-wrenching because, so I saw him get hurt. I knew he was hurt. Did you really? Yeah. But I didn't know it was serious because he kept going like nothing happened. And then he won the title. And uh, I got emotional because we're very close friends. And also I knew, you know, he had a blast in NXT. And he brought NXT to the level it's at now. But he wanted to be here, obviously. So we I don't know how many times we talked about how conflicting it was that he enjoys NXT so much. And, you know, in a lot of ways... NXT is Triple H's baby. Mm-hmm. So we all like that was the thing that actually, like when I got called up, I was so thrilled, but I was like, man, I kind of wish I could have stayed in NXT to help you. You were make there a
0: it. short period of time. Wasn't I you? was there six months.
1: Right. I was saying, I kind of wish I could have stayed in NXT a little while longer to help it make it even bigger, if only to thank Hunter for what he's done for me. Mm-hmm. And Finn felt the same way, and everybody did, you know, Sammy, Neville, all those guys. But Finn at the same time wanted to be here just to be with us and, you know, to, to keep sure uh, you know to fulfill it's the his big leagues yeah. man so he, he would have this conflict you know and then finally uh, you know he put in his time he was there for two years and he brought it as high as he possibly could have mm-hmm. finally he gets called up and he gets like you know the first day he gets what he like it's almost they're almost making up for lost time yeah. like yeah you were in NXT for two years but here you're literally the, you're the yeah. top face right now Yeah, welcome and then I'm like that's incredible you know he's getting what he's worked so hard for even by simply, you know, staying in NXT for so long, it counted. Like that's what I really appreciated. Is yeah, he stayed in NXT longer than he probably should have. But once he got up here, that mm. time counted. It wasn't like oh, this is a brand new WWE superstar that you guys have never seen before. No, no, that's the guy who took NXT to this good level. point. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I thought cool that, was, yeah, I stuff. thought that was great that they took, they took account, they kept, they took account of the time he spent there and everything he did for that brand. And then for that to happen um and for him to have to relinquish the title in front of his parents and stuff, you know, in a way thank god his parents were here cuz they probably helped him through the whole process. They mm-hmm. stayed like a week after he Just had said surgery. Said his mom was taking care of him. Yeah. yeah. Uh it was really heart-wrenching to see and um but, you know, I I feel like at the same time it's kind of the same thing I told Rollins once he hurt his knee. You never lost the title. you mm-hmm. You're going to come back stronger than ever people are gonna be so excited for you to be here there is a silver lining as hard sure there as it is, is to see yeah. for now and at the same time i i'd be lying if i said i wasn't like when he when i heard officially that he was relinquishing the title obviously that opens a door and i was like well i'm gonna kick that door you know what i mean i'm gonna kick that door in i don't know so it was very it was conflicting emotions but uh i think what made me feel better about the whole thing because when i won the title he's one of the first people i thought of like i thought of my wife my kids my parents my grandfathers who uh you know died before they could see me wrestle in wwe but i thought of fergal too uh who was at home honestly i had to hold back from like throwing up the two sweet for him just mm. as a little wink but uh as soon you know i came back uh, I, I talked to my wife i talked to my parents and then i facetimed him and to see his smile and how happy he was and even his parents were there too and they were all happy like it just made me feel so much better that, yeah. you know what I mean because uh, we know eventually he'll come back and
0: well, and and that's part yeah. of the business you know it what is. I mean like that's yeah. why I think I won the uh, Undisputed Championship because Triple H got hurt he tore okay. his quad I'm pretty sure he would have been in that tournament I probably wouldn't even been in it if let's you go think ask about... Vince right now yeah that's let's it. go find out he probably let's put, even, put him on the spot he probably doesn't even remember <laughs> First <into> his office <laughs> what the hell is this <laughs> who told you that you were going to win H or, or Vince Vince yeah because here's what he told me I was sitting in catering Because once again Everyone's like I never had my
1: wife I know what You he know told the story you. I, I never, know what he told you Didn't
0: have my wife there Or my dad Because I didn't know I was going to win it's
1: like, Didn't he say something Along the lines of uh, You know things aren't going good When you're putting a title On Jericho hey, Take her. You know things are going On the tubes <laughs> When you put the title On Jericho And then walked
0: away and that's, I think, I guess I'm winning.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, I think I read your books too many times. I know. What's the stories you it's tell It's funny, too, know.
0: though, because I tell these stories. I'm like, I remember Bad News Allen used to tell stories over and over again. And now I feel like Bad News because you guys have all read my books. You didn't tell them yet. We I know, just know already. Yeah. I'm for, I forget that you're like, how old are you? 32? Yeah, 32. You're 32. I mean, yeah. 13 years younger than I am, but I don't feel that way. It's like, <laughs> hey, guys, I got this story. So, yeah, we heard it, you know, old guy. <laughs> but let's talk more of one of my favorite, uh, Dynamics, uh, both in the ring and out of the ring is your chemistry that you have with Sami Zayn, yeah. Uh, just one of the quirkiest, like getting to know him has been such a blast. He's yeah. completely insane when you first meet him, drives you nuts, and then you realize that's all part of his genius.
1: Uh, well, I don't want know. to call it that. I don't know that you'd, I'd say it's genius, <laughs> it definitely is a part of who he is, though, yeah. But uh, you know, it's just the way he is. Uh, I, for years now, I've seen him go into new places, new companies, whatever, piss everyone off by just being him. Mm-hmm. And then win everyone over a couple months later by literally not changing up. By a thing. just being him. Yeah. yeah that's exactly and right. That's just how he is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you say piss off, because he's very he, he <laughs> thinks and
0: overthinks and overthinks and very meticulous well, with the way he, he talks and everything.
1: There's that, you know, like he'll, he'll overthink everything that happens in the ring. Well, I don't even think it's overthinking because... You know, I've wrestled a guy for the better part of 13, 14 years now. And uh, I can't say that we've never had a bad match because it's definitely happened once or twice, but they were hilarious. You know, they were almost bad on purpose. But every match we've had that had people going crazy, it wasn't all because of his overthinking, but some of the things that made people crazy was because of the thing that he rethought, even though we thought we had it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I know a lot of guys probably aren't used to that or probably get annoyed by that because technically he's the new kid here or he's the new guy. Like, I remember around, around WrestleMania, people were getting annoyed with him because he was the new guy, but he would question everything. But you know what? He wasn't, He's not a new guy. He's mm-hmm. been doing this for 15 years. That's right. And he's better than you. So, <laughs> like, it doesn't right. matter how long you've been here. Like, I'm not talking about anybody specific, but he's really he really is one of the absolute best I've ever been in the ring with. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... Obviously, we have the chemistry, but I'm saying, like, he knows how a crowd's going to feel before the, the crowd's even in the arena. Really? Sometimes. Yeah. So, I've ha- like, I've seen guys get annoyed with him because he's, well, what if we do it like this? And what if we do? He's only trying to make it better. And, yeah, he hasn't been in WWE for 10 years, but listen he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just because he wasn't here as, that, as long as you doesn't mean that you know better.
0: Right, right, right. But I right,
1: feel right, right. like I, that's a whole other topic. I, I, uh, but that's part of how he wants people over eventually because even that, even Ring of Honor, that would happen where he would question things and people that felt like they were higher on the totem pole than him would be like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. But then later on, they'd see, you know what?
0: he's right and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier when you have the confidence in yourself it might rub people the wrong way Sure, but you're not doing it for bad for the wrong reasons no yeah he's never
1: I've never seen him upset someone uh, you know on purpose Mm -hmm. like I'll always remember it was uh, in PWG once it was me and Brian Kendrick against him and Paul London because him and Paul London were a team at the time but of course the duo is Paul London and Brian Kendrick Mm -hmm. and the other duo was me and him but because just the way the booking aligned, they were the tag team champions, him and Paul. So me and Kendrick, I suggested to PJ. It'd be kind of cool if it was me and Kendrick against Paul and mm-hmm. Sammy. Let's do it. We did it. And uh, when it was time to call the match, Brian Kendrick eventually got so fed up that he <laughs> said, here's what I'm going to do. And this is, I'm not, they've, I, I know Brian yeah. and Paul have talked about this before, but Brian said, here's what I'm going to do. You're going to tell me what you want me to do. I'm an excellent performer. I'm going to do it exactly how you want me to do it. But mentally, I'm taking myself out of this match because you're not listening and you don't want to hear our ideas. So what do you want to do? And Sam's like, "Uh, well, why don't we do this? And then he just, and that was it. Yeah. He was just, he didn't agree with what Brian wanted to do at the time. And for what it's worth, I didn't agree with it either. Yeah. But I was less vocal about it because in my head, I was like, "Ah, we could still make what they want, like what he wants to do, we could still make it work. But Sammy felt a different way and he just argued his point because he felt like, no, you know, these people expect this and this and that. And, uh, you know, Brian ended up getting fed up and just did it (laughs) Sammy's way and the match turned out fine. But uh, it was just a funny. Yeah. Like I remember later on hearing Brian talk about it and saying, he's like, yeah, they asked for the match. They're the ones who want to do this match. Well, Listen to us, man. You're the one. I didn't ask to wrestle you. You asked to wrestle me. Yeah. But
0: that's- I remember one time we were working with Cesaro. I think that you were involved as well. It might have been, I don't know, with some tag team. We had like 18 tag teams of you and me versus Cesaro and Sammy. Yeah. And one time, Cesaro was trying to get something in. Sammy kept talking. Cesaro goes, can I say something, Sammy? And Sammy just went, no, and kept talking. <laughs>
1: he didn't. <laughs> but he didn't mean it that way.
0: No, he was just like, no, I, the- I got something going on here. Yeah, yeah, he was
1: in the middle of rolling. <laughs> And like, Claudio kept trying to chime in. It's like, can I just say something? No, no. And then, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah no, I do remember No, you can't. But they have a hilarious relationship, too. Sammy's got a h- hilarious relationship with everybody. Mm-hmm. Not just me. It's, it's with everyone. Everybody's relationship with Sammy is pretty entertaining for different reasons. Right. You know?
0: Because you guys started together, right, in Montreal? No. Or? I okay.
1: started in, uh, so I started training in 99, or 98, actually, in a barn. Mm-hmm. Not for Jacques Rougeau. It was, uh, uh, Sergio Odoin was his name. He was a local wrestler. Good guy, but uh, his school shut down. So then I started training with rouge in '99. I think Sammy started training in 2000. Okay. Uh, in a backyard, in yeah, someone's like backyard, someone's like a lawn or something. Yeah, it wasn't a real the the, the wrestler, and you guys can't see the quotation marks. I'm the, <laughs> the wrestler that trained Sammy should not have been training anyone, really? let alone on grass and not an actual <laughs> ring. Yeah, he's pretty much self-trained. Um, but we end up meeting in for the first time in like 2003, and then. Um, I started wrestling all over because the way it worked was Brujo wouldn 't let you wrestle for anybody else but him, but he only ran like three shows a year. That old thing, eventually right? I, I got sick of it, I started wrestling all over the place, and that 's when I started uh, you know uh, being on the same shows as Sammy, and mm-hmm. we just kind of gravitated towards each other because at that point we were with the only there were other guys who I, I think wanted to come to WWE, but I think a lot of the guys never thought it was really possible, mm. but we never saw it that way. Mm-hmm. Like, So up until 2003, no other, like no Quebec wrestlers would go wrestle in the U.S. Hmm. We were like closed off in this little island, Uh, even though we weren't an island. But like it was just Hmm. our own little wrestling prison where it was just Quebec guys do Quebec shows and that's it. Sometimes they'll venture out in Ontario. But me and Sammy were really the first two who kind of started going all over the place in the U.S. And from that point on, why not? Hmm. Like, well, well, what about PWG and what about Ring of Honor? And then what about Japan and you always about kind of WWE? Yeah. Together, yeah.
0: right, right, right. I really loved the last match that you had on the lab pay-per-view. It was a great match, but towards the end, and I can't remember the exact specifics, but you were, there was the emotion, like, why don't you just stay down or, or why are you making me do this? Yeah, or, I
1: said, uh, and that's, honestly, that was on the spot. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't something we we prepared. It was just, it was kind of a culmination of, uh all these years, you know, like I said, why don't you just stay down? Why are you mm-hmm. making me do this? And then yeah. he slapped me in the face really hard, <laughs> almost knocked me out. To the point, where I, was, I was when I came back at him, I was coming, I was swinging for the fences, <laughs> and then we went into the finish. But yeah, that match—it's uh it's not far behind the Universal Title win. or something like how proud I am of, like at one point, the crowd, the reaction of the crowd is so genuine. They're not even cheering the good guy or the bad guy. So just cheering for the wrestling and yeah. that's so cool
0: respecting the match yeah
1: that's a really cool thing
0: but I, I loved and you said it was the spur of the moment but i, I feel that that's something you, you might not have done a year ago like the like it just there was this i don't know if there's a WWE style there is but that just seemed to me like just really understanding what wrestling is about is is that like you know I'm sorry, I love you. Before Sean super kicks Flair, like,
1: yeah. Well, you know to what I mean? me, so the thing that me and Sammy, I, I I think I would have done it a year ago, and just here's why, because to me, and it's been like this for years. Me and Sammy understood something that, like, it's kind of obvious when you say it out loud, but not everybody realizes it. Wrestling is about moments. It's not necessarily about a match. Mm-hmm. It's a moment in the match that's going to make that match great. You can have 15 minutes of the most athletic, incredible stuff ever. Um, if there isn't a moment to remember, that match is just going to be another match. So we worked for moments for many years, like even ba- dating back to Ring of Honor. The whole feud we had, we worked it in in terms of moments and what we're going to do and what how we, we want to make people feel. So – um that match at Battleground was constructed in the same way. We, we wanted moments mm-hmm. out of it. We didn't want it just a match. You know, we had specific, like we had three moments in that match that here, this is what they're going to do, the fans. And they were doing it. Here, this is what they're going to do. They were doing it. And then at the end, this is what we needed to do. And they were doing it. We just designed those things. Uh, to me, like, I don't know, since I was a kid, like I don't remember matches, even if I, like as far back as I can remember, Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart, the Iron Man match it was a great match. I don't remember mm-hmm. specifically the match. I remember the last super kick. Yeah. I remember Brett walking down the aisle when it was called a tie. And the ref saying, no, you got to come back. Man soon saying the match continues. And Brett in the, in the, in the, the ramp like, what? Yeah, classic you know what Brett I mean? Hart yeah. like what? Yeah, Come back in, the super kick, one, two, three, Sean on his knees with the title. And Sean allegedly telling her Ebner to tell Brett to get out of the ring. I remember those moments. I don't, I can't tell. I, I know yeah. at one point Sean hit a Hurricane Rana in the match because at that point I'd never seen one before. Mm-hmm. So I remember that. But I can't tell you how they started the match. I can't tell, you know what I mean? And it's the same thing for um, so many matches where wh- what matches you love? Oh, I love this match. But really, all I remember from that match is one specific yes, moment yeah. that made me love it. You remember the moment and the, and the vibe of how that exactly. makes you feel? Yeah. then blended to perfection and cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love mike's hard lemonade hard days deserve a hard lemonade mike's is hard so is prison don't drive drunk premium all beverage with flavors all registered trademarks used under license by mike's hard lemonade company chicago illinois
0: sitting here with my best friend kevin owens the new wwe universal champion uh and like i asked uh, have you ever met Shawn michaels kev
1: yeah yeah i'm actually uh when he comes around, I'll be honest, I'm kind of like a, a, still a mark. Like, giggling schoolgirl. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's the one guy like, you know, Steve Austin or the Rockin' come by and I'll, I'll talk to him and it's great, you know? But I, I, I'm still I, – I can contain myself. Mm-hmm. When Sean's here – He's, he made me want to do this. So when I get to sit next to him and watch a show, like in Australia last year, he was on the whole tour with us. Oh, really? And every night, we'd just sit, I'd sit next to him, and we'd talk about what's happening, match, wrestling. We'd talk about family, our kids, stuff like that, that blows yeah. my mind. Like, I walk away. I'm like, all right, Sean. <laughs> I I'm keeping like, all right, Sean, good talking to you. And I walk away. I'm like, <laughs> Like, I'm just a little kid. What do you still that kid. What yeah. do you
0: think about the uh, the rumor or maybe the fact at this point of him Training guys. Uh,
1: so when I coaching. heard that, I know he, I don't know, I don't know the specifics, but I know he goes to the performance center and to I know coach, he's yeah. working with some people. Like I know he was at the last NXT television tapings. Mm-hmm. I was legitimately upset that I don't live in Florida anymore. Oh, yeah. Because if I did, and I, I even talked to my wife about it because I don't know the specifics yet, but next time I have a few days off in a row, I said i think i'm gonna to go to florida if that's okay she's like yeah okay he's like you know sean michaels there she's like yeah yeah it's fine you know <laughs> like, i just want to go sit in on his class one day or something but i don't even know if he has a class i don't know what the specifics mm-hmm. are i just know that he wants to go help down there and he's been doing it he's been going to the pc here and there he was at the you know the television the tv tapings i uh yeah I, I i'd love to be around just to learn more yeah that's all yeah just to sit in with him yeah yeah like i've seen him even uh if he, like if he's got a segment on raw i'll go sit... Well, i mean i do this all the time like i go sit in gorilla as much as i can for raw you know if i'm not uh, if i don't have a busy night on tv i'll stay in gorilla and just watch and i just kind of learn from everything i see i find you know I, i'll observe billy kidman timing the show and i'll observe the producers talking into the headsets and i'll observe vince and hunter and everybody and road dog and i just really like just being around it all you know mm-hmm. but i remember Sean had a, a, a promo segment with i think the authority and seth and uh, the writer kept trying to talk to him, and Sean was kind of just like going back, and listen to the writer, and then he turned to me and talk, and then the writer, would, I'm sorry, Sean's like, yeah, and then eventually the writer, Sean's like, listen, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna remember any of this. He's like, I know where I'm supposed to end up, I'll end up there. And the writer's like, okay, thank you. And the writer turned around, and Sean's like, Phew. like you made me give me a face like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know why they make me do this. I don't remember anything. That's Sean. And, for but you then too. he went out. Yeah, and uh it wasn't anything the writer wrote. It wasn't on this, but he nailed it. But it was good. Yeah, it was yeah. incredible. It was exactly. And then I he did. came back and it was, you yeah. know, Vince, Vince, good? He's like, oh, yeah. You know? no. And then he went to write, thanks, and the writer's like, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I really didn't do anything. But, you know yeah, I mean? Throw this in the yeah. trash.
0: <laughs> How about, um, like, for, for for me, and, and this might have been more for, for when I say my generation guys, the Attitude guys, when Pat was really involved, mm-hmm. taught me, 90% of what I know about putting together a match. I think Sean will tell you the same. I think Brett will tell you the same. I know Rocky will tell you the same. Do you have any type of relationship with that, with the Montreal thing? Or
1: Yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know, we talk, every time he's here, it's, it's great to talk to him and stuff. I, I, don't, get to, I don't get to work with him as much as I really wish. He doesn't really
0: work as much. He just kind of hangs around.
1: Yeah, but, you know, if, if uh, like it happened for the four-way we had at Extreme Rules. It was me, Sammy, Cesaro, and The Miz. Pat just happened to be nearby and something caught his ear and he started throwing ideas out and this and that. And he's throwing ideas out. Some of them would work. Some of them we didn't think would work. We used one of his ideas that were great, you know, but he still has such passion for mm-hmm. it. It's just, I feel like instead of really sitting down and hammering out all the details, I feel like he just kind of wants to browse and try to help everybody with like, right. if he thinks of something, but after the matches, that's where I like to go out to him the most because he'll watch the match and I know he's got thoughts after. You know what I mean? There's times I came back and he's shaking his head like, what are you doing? This and that, and what are you thinking and hearing this? <laughs> and there are times where I come back and he's like giving me a big handshake and a big hug. It's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And <laughs> those feel great, you know? <laughs> but it feels just as great to get the uh, the feedback that he if he didn't agree with something. Well Pat's like use that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very honest. You know, being honest is in uh in an industry where too often people are are are, are uh, disingenuine, being honest is a real quality. You know.
0: I used to hate that in WCW. Had come out of a match, and I can tell you specifically, uh, some of the guys. I mean, Flair was always one of them. He'd be like, hey, w- w- "Did you w- did you watch it? Oh yeah. What'd you think? Oh, it was great. Everything was great. Yeah. Wouldn't change a thing. I'm like, there's no way he watched it. Like <laughs> everything is great every single thing is great yeah. and I know it wasn't great you know but I always liked it when people and Pat was always like that you
1: know he's the guy that told me but you, one thing though sorry to cut you off right. one thing that I do I feel like sometimes people that are um, not necessarily always honest are going to be that way because they know whether or not the person they're speaking to are A going to use it mm-hmm. or B can take it mm. so I feel like I've seen people producers tell somebody they had a good match and I know they don't think it was a good match but I also know that they don't think there's any point in telling the person what was mm-hmm. wrong with it because A, it's going to fall on deaf ears or B, it's not the time right now. Like they don't need, like that's something Sammy said about Dusty once after Dusty passed away that really resonated with me because I I used to wonder, sometimes I'd see Dusty, I'd see somebody cut a promo, a promo class and I'd see Dusty say, good job. And I'd be like, what? Are you kidding? That mm. was good? Sometimes the people that you're, critiquing or whatever they don't need to hear a negative like sometimes they just they need to hear the good job mm. more than they need to hear well i would have done this different
0: because i could crush them
1: yeah not mm. even necessarily crush them but sometimes maybe somebody would cut a promo and i've seen this happen uh i'd see dusty say good job and i'd be like man that was terrible what are you talking about the next week that certain person would come back and cut a great promo and dusty would have this smile like there it is, kid. Mm. And I'd be like, oh, wow, that was way better than last week. Because sometimes the sol- the confidence in yourself means right. so much more than, oh, right, I should have said this here, or oh, no, I should have done this mm. move there, or you know what I mean? Right. Maybe sometimes the confidence of, oh, yeah, I'm starting to get this. That's what you need. Means more than, uh, oh, well, that's nightmare wasn't. Yes, Christmas and yeah, kid. yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, so, yeah.
0: That fourth punch that you threw was yeah, the shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, what, 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 did Dusty influence you at all in that short time you were in NXT? Yeah, I've said this before. Like I, I, I knew Dusty for ten months. He was only in my life ten months, but he influenced me more than get people that were in my life for fifteen years. Because you got to NXT, so you were there. I think so you were I, there for six months. Yeah, but uh, so I was really in NXT. I was in the building like the performance center gotcha. for from uh, August twenty fifth to my last day there was May gotcha 20th when so. i went to get my stuff in the locker like <laughs> yeah. so but i started like i made my debut in nxt in december so it was mm-hmm. six months on tv but i guess i was in the building for like 10 months so, so dusty influenced mm-hmm. you more than yeah you knew for uh, years like i've there's there's people that helped me in my career and i've known for 12 years and those people influenced me less than dusty did in 10 months mm-hmm. just because dusty to me he was larger than life but he, he was to everyone right but uh you know people ask me how did he influence you it's really hard to put into words I think that one thing that I got from Dusty is that, in a way, I already knew I was different and I wasn't the cookie cutter. And if anybody wasn't the cookie cutter, it was Dusty, right? But then I yeah. saw even his attitude wasn't cookie cutter. He was Dusty. And, you know, that's, of course, Dusty Rhodes is going to be Dusty Rhodes and nobody's going to say nothing to him. But in the end, like, I was like, man, he doesn't give a. F-. But, yeah, he's allowed to not give a you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm for some reason really if you're swearing. I don't want to just cut it. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit, you know, but it's, it's, uh, of course he's, he's earned that right. But at the same time I could see like that. That's how you have to be. I don't know. It's hard to put into words, but it's really that resonate with me is dusty was dusty all the time. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like uh, in a way that's why I stopped wearing the suit. And I went to the tap out clothes because that's the tap out clothes are me a lot more than the suit. Mm-hmm. But now, obviously, you know, with the title comes a certain uh, allure that, th- Prestige, you know, that the yeah. company wants. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'll wear the suits, you know, and I'm, you know, I'll get more comfortable with them eventually, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, ultimately, I, I, the one thing Dusty, like the one last thing of brushing that he left on me is that you, you can be yourself here and you'll be fine. But
0: that's, so. what, that's what the business is all about. It's about being your own self, being a, a- pirate a vagabond a gypsy you know yeah. we don't have to play by society's rules because sure. we don't live in normal
1: society yeah but when you first get here you don't necessarily know that you know mm-hmm. like i remember when i first like got to, to the performance center they had this thing where they were going to have take pictures and videos of people all the everybody in their gear for like you know for the entrance uh video and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. but me i hadn't debuted it yet i didn't even have a name i didn't know anything so I had this nice singlet made. I so, am well, WWE, I gotta, can't wrestle in shorts and a T-shirt, even though that's what got me. <laughs> yeah, right. So I showed up. I put my singlet on, and Enzo, of all people, looked at me. He said, like, what are you doing? i like, well, I'm a wrestler. He <laughs> goes, no. Who are your shorts and your, your shirt yeah. and stuff? Like, I don't have it. I have my shorts in my bag, but I don't have a shirt. It's like, oh, was, you got to be you. Yeah. But that's what he got from Dusty. Right. You know what I mean? Right, so right, Snow. right, right. So I turned my uh, Guns N' Roses shirt inside out. I cut the <laughs> sleeves off, and I used Finn's paint. That's another thing. Finn was like, "Should I paint for this or should I? Uh, I don't know if they want me in paint or not." I'm like, was like, yeah, put the paint on." Yeah, man. So I used Finn's paint to write "fight" on my shirt, and that's how the look came about. Like, I was in the shorts and the shirt, and I was like, "Man." In my head, I did the little video, you know, like, it's just me, like, you know, it's just you screaming and yeah, stuff, yeah, like. the yeah, stuff yeah. they use for the entrance video and the highlight reels and the packages and stuff. And I was like, man, I wonder if they're going to make me come back in tomorrow to do it over <laughs> Dude, in the yeah, singular, yeah. like, what are you doing in shorts and a t-shirt? And nobody said nothing about it. <laughs> you it, never heard that once ever, but no, shorts, No, the opposite t-shirt. was I got uh, art sent to me from Hunter saying, hey, here's what we're thinking for your, for your gear, you know, once they picked Kevin Owens' name, like, what about this KO like this and then, and that. The On the, the the art, on the drawing, it was me in shorts and a T-shirt. And I was like,
0: this is fantastic. <laughs> I can do this. I did it.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, as we wind down here, I just
0: want to talk a little bit about um, uh, our kind of history. Because I came back last year to work live events. Yeah. And I think the first one or, or second one was in San Diego. And yeah. Cena had just broken his nose. Yeah. And you were working with him. Yeah. And they put you and me together.
1: Yeah. We opened the show. We opened the Remember show.
0: That? Yes. That was a blast. And here's the thing like, I'm not saying this disrespectfully.
1: I'd never seen you work. I'd yeah. never seen it. I'd... Actually, you did see me work once. At the live event? Nope. When? You saw me on a PWG DVD several years ago. Really? You know how I know that. How? Kurt Hawkins, who I'm good friends with, uh-huh. told me once, I always remember this. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I was uh, showing the latest PWG DVD in the locker room, and uh, we were showing your match, and it was a six man tag. I remember the specific match he told me. He's like, uh, Jericho saw it. I'm like, oh, yeah? what do he say? He's like, he said, oh, is that that Steen guy? I don't like his gear. And I was in the shorts and <laughs> the t shirt. <laughs> well,
0: in all fairness, I was never a fan of the shorts and t shirts. Fair enough. But I'm now, just saying, yeah, that's what a, now yeah, that you bring it up. Gee, thanks, Chris. <laughs> Because we had talked, we talked about this before. Like you, we had uh, DM'd each other a little bit. Which I thought once again, I'll say it again. I always thought that like you, you took the initiative to ask, is there anything I need to know Uh, when I come uh, in? How
1: could I not? Like once I saw, because I I remember tweeting about your book because I was reading your second book again, Mm -hmm. and I knew the third one was coming, so I just asked, is the third book coming soon? You answered, and then you followed me. I'm like, oh man, I can't not.
0: Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. But once again, you said before when when Dusty would say like maybe this person isn't mm. ready or they're not going to use the advice, a lot of guys don't ask for advice, mm. which still blows my mind because
1: you know you should. You know, yeah, and I'm look I, I've never been the you know I don't I don't want to be the veteran who complains about the generation mm-hmm. after no, or yeah, whatever because yeah, sure. I was that generation that people would complain about sometimes. One thing I always did was ask for advice and watch the shows. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people here that come in as extras. And this is something that I'm sure other wrestlers are going to hear that are going to do extra work in the future for WWE. If you're an extra, you should watch the show. I can't tell you how many times. It's beyond asking advice. I've seen extras not even watching the show. Mm -hmm. I want to be on Raw one day. Yeah. Well, you're at raw now and you're eating grapes and catering. Yeah, so right. how do I know? Yeah, I came to catering. Well guess what? I was on the show, so yeah.
0: give me a break. <laughs> put your grapes down and go watch. you know But there's people I'm not going to say any names, trust me, but there' people that left last week during the main event. Oh, yeah, a four-way match for the universal championship for our, you know basically the first champion.
1: Mm-hmm. not extras. People on the show. People. Main main roster. People people. left before the match even
0: started. Yes. And I'm thinking, and I will swear here, what the f are you doing? This is your job. This is what we do. And to me, even to this day, after doing this for some 25 odd years, if I'm not in the main event, it pisses me off. Uh I want to be in the main event every night. Yeah. And if I'm I'm not. I remember how. uh, offended you were that we were opening in San Diego <laughs> I was pissed so. off we're opening because that's just John wasn't there and I was like this match is not an opening match but if I'm not in the main event I want to watch it to see yeah. maybe I can learn something that I'll be in there next time so
1: you know? to that point though I'll say this I've left during shows before the main event too but live events or TVs live or? events okay sure That's and maybe story. TV sometimes mm-hmm. too if we had a long drive to Smackdown sure the th- one time I wouldn't leave is if I know something big's happened. Mm-hmm. for example when Ambrose took the title at Money in the Bank we had a long drive to the next town or whatever, but I knew I didn't know Ambrose was doing the cash in, but I had a feeling something was going to happen. Yes, I was in gorilla for it because those are moments that, you know, if something big happens for someone that you respect, especially like me and Dean had been working for so long for eight months at that point. But even then, like I thought, maybe Sut's going to take the title back or something. Or even then, there. Sut's main is event going to happen,
0: yeah. Especially if that match with too that that uh, ladder match was great. The money in the bank actually that was a great match
1: yeah so i felt like uh you know it's just a matter of i don't know there are some moments you should be in the building Mm -hmm. for uh you know if it's a house show and i've seen you know it's it's, it's, i've seen the loop i've seen that match whatever that's not there's always exceptions but i know what you mean like if if your aspiration is to be there one day the logic is you watch how to get there yeah but john you know john and randy feel the same way like i know because i've talked to them about it cena he, watches every match exactly cena every show. cena yeah cena i know i uh, yeah i've sat i've sat yeah. next to him and watched every single match with him yeah same match S- sometimes the card is the same three nights in a row friday saturday he saturday, doesn't yeah. go anywhere mm-hmm. he sits there and watches everything He puts his
0: gear on before the show sits yep. down and watches the whole thing yeah yeah and
1: you know? you know a lot of times uh he he'll he'll comment on he'll you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Well, not yeah. a lot of people at to the monitor today, yeah, huh? yeah, yeah.
0: But, hey. But going back to San Diego, mentioning, John, I remember my point was when I said I hadn't really seen much of your stuff because I remember we put together this match because I, I think I might have got there at, like, 645 or something because I didn't think it was going to be Yeah, we be
1: put honest. it together pretty, pretty quickly. Pretty quick, you were, right? you were pretty shocked. Yeah, we're first? Sick. What is that?
0: <laughs> what do you mean we're first? Typical jerk. <laughs> and I was already in my gear when you got there. <laughs> like, wait, but then I remember you were talking about the package, uh, not the, the package pile the power bomb thing. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how to do yeah, this and yeah. I actually, We actually had to look it up Online yeah. To watch it Yeah yeah That's my favorite move I, yeah. I don't even yeah, know what you call love it, it yeah. Dude I love it But right off the bat And it's always cool When you find this Because it doesn't happen With everybody When you find chemistry Right away In the ring Yeah uh, As foes Sure but then now on the show, we've created this alliance to where it's like a lot of people say, and I agree, it's one of the best things on the show is the yeah. Jericho and Owens banter. You know what it is? Banter. It's just,
1: we're lucky that they're letting us have fun. Like, yes. Like our relationship in real life is really what, we, what they yeah. see on TV. Yeah. So that's cool that, I don't know if, I think it kind of spurred on from that one backstage segment we did with Del Rio where we, at, we had a six-man tag or something. Yeah. That's where the it happened. Remember, right. that was just you, like, you, actually like you created- watch it. And I came, for some reason, I felt like I would watch what? Just it. It. <laughs> and that's how it all started. And that was complete, you know, that was, it was just... That was
0: one, and another early one I remember is when... Um, when you ran down the ring after match and jumped in my arms yeah that was in england that was in, see that yeah. was made even before that yeah. and you were like, you're like yeah that you're was the, before you're that. the goat i'm yeah, the donkey yeah, you're yeah. whatever we said yeah. and maybe just some random tag match <laughs> yeah. but i remember after that either vince was laughing or something because i went to my vince
1: son. was popping big for that one
0: yeah you, i remember that I, I won chris helped me but i won yeah, no, you did it on your own. yeah. and i remember telling i tell telling him like this is we got something here
1: the best part is the only reason i said that line which one I won, Chris helped me, but I won was because Vince specifically said, Jericho's gonna do most of the work, but I want you to act like you did it all by yourself. So I literally just said exactly what Vince wanted, and he loved it. So really, he was just enjoying his own work. You know what I mean? But he really enjoyed it.
0: But I mean, that, that's, that's it's one of the funniest things. Like I show up every week and I'm like, okay, what are we doing? And it's 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 a it's a cool moment when you get that because it's not something that happens all the time. Yeah. And we've found this really cool dynamic which I'm sure at some point will lead to more matches against each other yeah again. I would assume so you know which is I mean just stupid like when you stole, stole my scarf on Smackdown <laughs> and the Jolly Rancher and you know I mean that's good hey, stuff hey we got tweeted t-
1: by Jolly Rancher afterwards what yeah sometimes you don't see the tweets because there's too many of them yeah Jolly Rancher tweeted at us like two days later uh, they were basically asking you if you wanted more Jolly Ranchers, and they copied me on it, too, or something like that. Yeah. We needed an endorsement deal. Yeah. And then
0: there's something that people don't really know, is that you and I even uh, pitched an idea to do a movie yeah. together yeah. with w, uh, WB Network yeah. or WB Films. And Vince texted me. He's like, send me some improv. Yeah. And I was like, new stuff? And he goes, yeah. So we went and
1: <laughs> just sat in a room, room just- pretended to be cops. <laughs> And
0: I don't know what, I probably not going to happen. And you got everyone's like, give Owens and Jericho a movie or a show. Well, we try. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying. We're, we're trying at a standstill. Yeah, right we're now. trying to standstill, man. But yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. We're negotiating
1: whether or not it's going to happen.
0: <laughs> but it's exciting, man. So anyways, we're here at work. We've got to get ready to go soon. But what's your, um, I mean, your favorite match that you've had since you've been here in the WWE?
1: Well, so I get that question a lot, but there's so many I can't like mm. my first one in NXT against CJ Parker is really special because it was my first match in WWE and I literally waited 20 years for that. So it's hard to not put that one up there. My first match with Cena it was a pay-per-view, I beat him, people were shocked. And then there's uh, you know, obviously the 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 universal title match because I, you know, that's it's, it's yeah. so fresh and so sure. But you know, battleground with Sammy or even uh like this four way we had in San Diego with Dolph, Del Rio and Roman sticks out in my mind because at one point me and Roman are like the last two left in the match and there's the crowds going crazy. There's just uh, it, it's too hard to pick one mm-hmm. because there's it's it's it comes back down to moments right you know what i mean like right. that moment in that match with roman and and those guys sticks out or the moment you know like the the moment that makes me appreciate the match with cj is before the match i was by the monitor and when the show started the uh, you know then now forever graphic flashed mm-hmm. and i was getting goosebumps like, oh my god this is actually yeah. happening and then the first face that you see right after that was mine i was like oh like, that moment, you know, and then I went to have the match, and it's it's moments. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess the top moment has, to, like, it's the universal title, you know? Did you did you put the title on? No, I don't do that. I've I was nev- going to say that. Like- I've never once, the only time I won a title and I put it around my waist was when I was Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion. I won it. The next day, I did my entrance with the title around my waist, and I saw a picture. I was like, ugh. <laughs> Looks look stupid. I'm a, I'm a shoulder guy. Yeah. That's
0: just the way I am. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, but you, you must have had that moment, though, as, as as I said as we wrap up. I remember the first time I ever won the title, and it was taken away like 50 minutes later when I beat Triple H yeah. in a fast count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had one commercial break. <laughs> and I went and just looked in the mirror and I put it on. I just remember that one moment. I just went kind of by myself into a corner just like, I did it man I did it even though I got to give it back right away but I'll never forget that moment yeah of course of like Chris Jericho WWE champion who would have ever thought
1: this Yeah. did you have that moment yeah I mean uh, you know my wife I remember I talked to her she's like you should go celebrate with your friends like I will celebrate by going back to my hotel and watching the office on my iPad while eating (laughs) uh, you know junk food that's what I do (laughs) and I was I was sitting there eating uh, you know by the time we got out everything was closed picked up like Whataburger or some crap yeah, yeah. and went uh, where you know me and an individual are sitting in my hotel room both kind of staring at the title eating our burgers and going both shaking our heads like i can't believe it <laughs> They were both like i know and that's how we kept up the night it just doesn't get any better than that that's it man yeah.
0: well, well congratulations champ thanks. you know uh it's going to be a great ride over the next few months so you deserve you deserve it <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> All right, thanks to the WWE Universal Champion and my best friend Kevin Owens. I want to thank him for sitting down with me. But, hey, isn't that what best friends are for? Uh, in, I'm gonna, he's about ready to go out there tonight and tear it up in London. I'm at the O2 Arena as we are in the middle of a uh, three continents in five days tour. Flew in from Atlanta yesterday, or actually this morning, into England. Do the show tonight. Leave tomorrow morning for Hong Kong, then Manila and the Philippines. Uh, do the show, then leave that next morning at 5 a.m. to fly to China to do that show and then end up in Baltimore so Anybody that thinks that uh, what we do is easy, just keep that in mind. Three continents in five days, that's a lot of traveling. But we are excited about it, and I'm also excited to tell you about the shows on the Jericho Network that are killing it. Conan, Keep It 100 is on fire. Huge, huge rating success. You need to give it a listen if you haven't. Conan, Disco Inferno, KG, uh, the last couple episodes, they had the NWO with them. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, X-Pac. It's a great podcast. Very, very funny. Go check it out and hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Uh, And while you're subscribing to Keep It at 100, the hidden gem on the Jericho Network is the Team Tiger Awesome show. So funny. Uh, These guys are just, you know how funny and ridiculous and wacky they are when they're on Talk to Jericho uh, when we're talking about summer blockbusters at the Star Wars Symposium uh, for who's hot and who's not, another big hit. But the episode they just released of their own show on Sunday is one of their funniest so far. They each design their own action star from the top down. They choose facial scars, arrest records, uh, and in true Team Tiger Awesome fashion, the discussion also veers off into luxury yachts, Pauly short shorts, and who is Truly's Beef Buddy. I'll tell you who his action hero is It's Global Jones And it's hilarious Go check it out These guys will have you in stitches The Jericho Network is keeping you entertained With Keeping It 100 with Conan And the Team Tiger Awesome Show Hit subscribe on iTunes And leave everyone a 5-star rating and review All right, let me say one last thank you To all you guys for supporting The Great Talk as Jericho sponsors And to the sponsors themselves Including ddpyoga.com slash Jericho Get 20% off the DDP Yoga program It will change your life Plus you'll get 3 months of full access To the DDP Yoga Now app Go to DraftKings Use my promo code Y2J To play for free with your first deposit, go to BetDSI, uh, BetDSI.com, use my promo code Jericho 25 to get $25 for free when you sign up, True Car on the True Car app, and of course, the OG sponsor, Amazon. All my Amazon links are at podcast1.com. Just click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, then hit that Talk is Jericho button. If you're in the USA, if you're in the UK, if you're in the Canada, remember, anytime you use those Amazon links on Talk is Jericho, Amazon kicks back a small percentage to this show. To help us cover production costs, you can buy anything you think of on Amazon. Be an Amazon warrior. A talk is Jericho, Amazon warrior. If you buy something, take a picture of it, post it on the Twitter at Talk Is Jericho. I will retweet you and I will follow you. How does that sound? All right. Thank you so much for listening. Keep listening for the sixty second AP headlines coming up next, and coming up next Wednesday, it's a future Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, one of the biggest legends in uh, in rock history. He's got a new album coming out. Talking about Meatloaf. All right, Meatloaf is here. He's got great stories about "Bad Out of Hell, one of the biggest selling records of all time. He's got great stories about his new record, Braver Than We Are. Meat Loaf is here. Plus, he got Lost coming into the studio. That's another funny story. This Wednesday, rock and roll legend Meatloaf is going to be in the house on Talk is Jericho. But in the meantime, and in between time, have a great weekend. Be safe. So stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah, boy to you and yours. See you next week. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at PodcastOne.com. That's podcastone.com.